Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shanna and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. You are a sophomore in high school now? Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you, do you know about this um, mofo, FOMO stuff? FOMO. FOMO, right? For example, like sometimes I don't want to go out of town because I feel like I'm going to miss out with all my friends. If you wanted to have a conversation about something that's been bothering you about your friendship, what would you do? Would you call them? Would you text them? Or would you Snapchat them? What order? Snapchat, text, and then call. Shanna, are you feeling awake today after your first couple days getting your kids back to school? Yes, thank God for this coffee. That's just as important as anything we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) Amen to that. I love my coffee. So welcome back. Thank you for joining us today for part two of Back to Soul. We were talking earlier and we realized there's one thing that we've been missing and that is getting to know our listeners. We really would love to know who you are and where you're from. And if you could, please go to our Facebook, Sense of Soul, S-O-S, and just drop a hello. Yeah, and if you have any suggestions for, like, future episodes, we'd love to hear them. Any questions, any feedback, any topics, we want to hear from you guys. Continue to subscribe and like, and we appreciate your support. So, Mandy, in part one of our Back to Soul episode, we talked about mindfulness and self-regulation, two vital skills for you because it does start with you. Your self-care self-love, healing, and how you manage your stress and your life is so important and so important for you to be demonstrating this to your children. It's so important because these little tiny ones, our teenagers even, watch what we're doing and mirror what we do. So we talked a little bit about acceptance. We all have our own journey and purpose. Allow them to become who they are, not who you want them to be and not who the world wants them to be. Teach them to trust in their soul, in their own passions. Acceptance is huge. One of my favorite pages in the book of Alcoholics Anonymous is about acceptance. Page 420, for all of you listeners who don't know, I'm in recovery. I've got nine years of recovery, so this is kind of always my go-to. It's my Bible when it comes to my recovery. And I think that we can all take this page and apply it. Acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it's because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. And I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, then I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms. I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. I I love that. that. Yeah, that is amazing. Put any word in there that fits for your life or what you're finding not acceptable. Right. Because until you can accept everything exactly where it's at, you're going to find that you don't have serenity or peace. So you have to accept people, places, things, and situations exactly how they are. And instead of trying to change everything outside of you, change what's within you and yourself and your behaviors. And that's when you see that beautiful shift that, you know, happens. I love that. Well, this school year, I know that all of our kiddos will be trying to do their very best. And grades are important, yes. But your relationship with your child is the most important thing. Do not lose sight of that. And your communication is also one of the most 
important things that you have with your child and with other people, just period. And if this is hard for you, then I do suggest that you get professional help. So it's ironic. I was a communications major in college. Throughout all the technology and this fast-paced life, even I found that I had lost authentic communication. So with some help from my therapist, she really took me and my husband and my family back to a place of authenticity when it comes to communicating. And what I mean by that is that we as a society have lost the basic communication skills of sitting down, having eye contact, watching each other's body language, Mm -hmm. and just speaking from the soul. We are constantly talking as we're flying by each other in the kitchen. Or texting. Yes, I'm so guilty. I'll text my children when I'm upstairs and they're downstairs. We needed to really get back to those basic communication skills. And with social media, we have lost that. We've lost it in our community. We've lost it with our children. We've lost it in our jobs. People do not know how to authentically communicate. For example, sometimes we'll be passive aggressive. Sometimes we might find that we're cracking a joke, that we rush an answer without pausing and thinking about it. Oh, I have automatic answers all the time. Mom, um, can I go on the roof? Yeah, 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 go ahead, whatever. What? No, you cannot go on the roof. What are you talking about? My kids have always learned they need to actually get eye contact with me if they want me to hear them. Yeah. Because I'm so busy. And if I'm multitasking and doing dishes and the TV's loud, how am I supposed to hear what they're saying? Well, and this is, this falls on their lap too for their responsibility. They need to realize mom's busy. She's got a child climbing up her leg as she's cooking dinner. So I'm going to respect that. And instead of wanting what I want right now, saying, mom, when you're done, could you turn around and talk to me for a moment so that we can talk about you know, X, Y, or Z. Right. The thing about authentic communication is that it's lacking with teachers, coaches, spouses. It's lacking in our community. It's lacking with our neighbors. Everyone seems to be speaking through ego or behind a computer screen or phone screen. We need to get back to the basic sitting down, making time, being present. Putting down your phone. Putting down your phone just listening and watching each other's body language and listening to each other's tone. So being mindful. Being mindful in your communication. I also think as parents, we need to be more real and more open in our communication when we talk about ourselves with our children. Because if we open to them and we're raw and real, then they will feel like they can be that way with us. We need to be willing to expose ourselves and our mistakes and faults and being honest with them and then share your solutions with them. So they don't look at you as some authority figure and they look at you as a a person that they can just sit down and talk to and talk to, yeah, and, and be an equal with. Without judgment for sure. And I also feel like, you know, parents, we talk too much, maybe listen more. When communicating consciously and with presence, we form authentic relationships with our children and we support them and become confident and empowered individuals. So I'm gonna share a quick story. My therapist saw a pattern in my family and that pattern is with Kurt working so much and then me over here running our kids around and taking care of that at home, we were dividing and conquering. So when it came to important decisions that needed to be made within my family, my daughter would come to me with a question and I would be the one that would give her an answer. 
And that's okay. You and your spouse or you and whoever it is within your home need to decide when that's okay and when it's not. But what I was doing was I was taking away Trina's voice. So instead of her having that sit down eye contact with her father and building a relationship with him, I was just taking her feelings straight to him. He wasn't able to see her tone. He wasn't able to see her, her body language. He wasn't able to see it was coming from her soul. So there was all of this communication being lost within this dynamic that we'd formed. She has us now sit down at a table, take the time, put our phones away, be present, look at each other in the eyes and talk it out. And that's what we need to get back to. And it's been a huge change and shift within our family. I've given Trina back her voice. She's building a relationship with her father. It's not causing problems between Kurt and I. And it feels really good. It's probably going to help their relationship grow. All of ours. And you know, this also goes for if you don't have like a parent in your home. I really hope that nobody put their kids in the middle of parents' shoes. But you know, kids should not be the go-between divorced parents. Nope, that should be between them. You know, another example that I think we could use is being authentic with teachers, being authentic with coaches. I said that before. But how many times have you sat in the bleachers and parents are popping off stuff to the coach while he's in the dugout? You know, that's not authentic. That's being passive aggressive. Instead of just asking them for a moment of their time and coming from a place of compassion and love and concern and just talking to them about it. I have a child with autism, so I know what it's like to have to advocate for your child and be that voice for them. However, every opportunity I have to give them their own voice, to speak up for themselves, learning to advocate for themselves, teaching them to say no, to say, I need help. This guy that we don't know very well, he came over, he's a hugger, and he picked up Kensley and hugged her real tight and she looked at me and she was so uncomfortable. You could tell she didn't want to hug this person. He was a stranger. I noticed it right away and I said, oh, Kensley doesn't like hugs. Um, yeah, I put her down. Oh, God. <laughs> Trying to be nice, yeah. But after, after he left, I took that opportunity to sit with Kensley and said, you know, it's okay for you to say, no, thank you. And she has a very quiet, small voice. And I said, and you might have to say it loud so that they can hear you. But if you're not comfortable with something, you need to use your voice. You need to communicate that with people. Uh-huh. So teach your children to say no. So boundaries. Teach in their boundaries, yeah. How to express their boundaries in an authentic way through their communication. But I will say, if you can be vulnerable and open and raw, then you'll find that your children are. So you have to remember they're mirroring you. If you're not doing it, they won't do it. So you can't expect them to be yeah. vulnerable and raw with their feelings and emotions right. and thoughts if you're not. If they've watched their mother say yes, yes, yes their whole life, this is what they learn. And if they've watched their mother say, I'm fine, I'm fine, everything's fine, the family's fine, mm -hmm. then what do you think they're going to say? Right. I feel like in our society also boys have been taught mm, yeah. to not express their feelings. And girls, too. And girls, mm -hmm. but I do think more boys, you know, suck it up, don't cry. I think that we have to come from a place of patience with boys, especially. Well, and give them words to, you know, describe the way they're feeling. This is how you teach communication. Mm -hmm. The thing about communication is it's the way we connect to ourselves. It's also the way that we connect with others. It's important to realize children don't, want attention 
They want connection. Those are two totally separate things. Yeah. You know, Sloan could say, Mommy, Mommy, come play Barbies. And I could go over and fake it and be on my phone or my mind could be a million other places. But if I'm present and I sit with her and I connect with her, that's an opportunity to be soul to soul. Communication is listening. I know that I had a hard time with this for a while. In fact, I even did some therapy on this because when I would be communicating with someone, the whole time they're talking, I'm worried about what I'm going to say next. Don't do that. You need to be present. And being present and, and going back to those first skills and mindfulness, if you're practicing mindfulness and presence with your child when communicating, you will hear what they say. I'm guilty of that. I don't just do that with my children. I would do that with everyone I meet Me too. because I want to help them. So immediately in my mind, I start coming up with solutions with for them your ideas. with my ideas because I want to help them, but I'm doing them a disservice. And we talked about this previously, but I need to just listen and let them say it and listen and let them work through it. Right. A way for you to do that is you look at their mouth when they're speaking. So I was challenged one time to go home and when you are talking with someone, I want you to focus on the words coming out of their mouth and try to not think when they're speaking. And then if for some reason you start thinking when they're speaking, you bring yourself back to their mouth and focus back on to what they're saying. Well, then at first I was like, okay, well, now I'm looking at their mouth and now they got some dry ass lips. And I'm like, <laughs> come, here, come here, baby. Let me put some Vaseline on your lips. Dude, I'm so glad that you said that because as you were saying that. You were looking at my lips? No. Oh. I was thinking if I did that, I might be like, ooh, damn, your front tooth's chipped. You need yes. to go to the dentist. And all this judgment would start right. coming in. Well, you would just bring yourself back to presence yeah. and focus. on. Be- it is a lot harder than you think. Oh, it really is. Yes, but I think it should be practiced. Mm -hmm. You find yourself coming from a totally different place when you are present in your conversations. So Jeff in our last episode said something that I've been thinking a lot about. Not our last episode, but with our interview with him. He said that the biggest thing he noticed, the biggest difference between 1994 and 2018 when he got out of prison was the lack of community and how neighbors used to communicate and talk and had each other's back. So I thought about that. Even that type of authenticity and communication has been lost because now you have a next door app on your phone. So neighbors communicate through the phone, through the app. All day. That All annoys day. me. I took off I took that off my phone. So communication has been lost. And I also want to say that we as parents are missing authentic communication with our children because they look to the phone and to support for every answer. Yeah, so, their entire lives yeah, are through the phone. Yeah. So before we had to go to our mom and say, mom, I was wondering about this, this, and this. Yeah. And then you as a parent had an opportunity to sit down and have that authentic communication with your child and, and teach them something. They don't do that anymore because they can just go and look it up. Right. So we have to realize these kids don't really even know how to sit down and communicate. And it's our job to teach them yeah, that. Yeah, the only way they're going to learn okay. is if, if we demonstrate this to them. And a lot of them, I think, these days um, are not are holding it in, you know, because everyone's lives are so busy and everyone's so stressed. The last thing they want to do is tell their parents this. 
so they're holding in a lot of things. But if you are practicing presence with them, you might notice in their physical body. Maybe their shoulders are down or are they depressed? Or my daughter, she gets really flushed on her face when she's stressed. Gets sweaty hands. So, I mean, there's physical symptoms you can look for. If you're if aware. Not, if they aren't physically... What was that? Was that... <laughs> I think was, like the house was like getting ready to eat us. <laughs> like, yes, the garbage just falls oh, off. Oh, okay. It was like a gurgling, like, <laughs> Maybe the world was authentically communicating. <laughs> Did it not sound like a gurgling? No, like, it reminded monster. me of, like, Jabba the Hutt in Star Wars, like, <laughs> Andy's dad's here fixing um, the sink, obviously. No, he's just, oh. he, who knows what he's, what he's doing. Hopefully he's doing your dishes. <laughs> so, no, but what was I saying? If you are paying attention, you may see if they are not communicating with their mouths, look for their bodies, their energy. But if you don't have awareness of yourself, do you think you're going to notice those things in your children? No. So again, it starts with you. But that is huge. That's body language. Mm -hmm. Watching their movements. Yeah. Watching how they interact. Are they getting sick all the time? A low immune system is a symptom of stress. Stomach aches in children. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You have to pay attention. Because a lot of times they aren't—they're going to hide their emotions, and they don't—they don't, they don't want to talk about them. If you've never been honest about your own emotions with your children, they aren't going to know to be upfront about theirs with you. Yep. If you can't be that person for your child, for whatever reason, and you have a friend or any olive branch that's been, you know, handed out to you, grab a hold of it and. I know that in the past I'd get kind of like ego-y and be like, oh, I'm so jealous that Connor goes over and talks to Shanna more about, you know, his emotions and his thoughts and has deeper conversations with her. Um, no, I should be grateful. Yeah. I should be so grateful. It's not that I'm not doing a good job. It's just that for some reason he connects with your soul on that kind of level. And I need to be grateful for I that. I think it's sometimes easier to talk to someone else's parent than, than your own. Yeah. And get a different opinion. And don't take that personal. Right. So I just want to read a quick quote that I really liked. The, the author's unknown. A connection is the energy that exists between two people when they feel seen, heard, and valued. When they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. I love that. I love that too. That's good. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, listeners, after a long day of stress and pressure, what stress management skills do you have? What's your go-to? Don't have one? That's okay. Believe me. I admit, for years, I didn't have one. For years, I didn't have I didn't either. No. I'm, I'm sitting there thinking back. But parents, let me point out that what you do, what you demonstrate as your stress management is what your child will do. So if it's drinking, smoking, drugs, shopping. Actually, I was going to just say, I said I didn't have one, but mine was 100% smoking and drinking back in my day. I would come home and on a stressful day, that was my go-to. Yeah. I mean, if it's working out, meditation, I mean, whatever you do, good or bad, you know, they've been watching their whole lives. They've been watching you and they're, and they're looking, show me. One way I think that most of us deal with our stress though, is to ignore it. Mm, yeah. We just ignore that it's even there. 
we put on that superhero cape and our mask and our big smile and we tell ourselves everything's going to be okay. We got this. Just keep going. Keep, keep on trucking. trucking. Yep. <laughs> and we call this strength. This mm. is being strong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But actually, is this really just covering up the pain, hiding behind suffering, holding it in, pushing it down, building walls, holding back tears? I mean, never speaking up, just falling apart inside, only just to smile through it all. Mm, that made, it, that just yeah. made me sad. But see, think about this. We need to cut the shit out because this fake emotionless composure is not a superpower. This is not strength. We feel. It's okay to feel. Yeah. It's okay to be stressed. You need to freaking allow your children to understand that stress is a part of life. That and quit hiding it. Yeah. It's and okay to feel this way. I remember watching my mama and mother of seven, okay, and 20-some grandchildren and thinking, wow, she just gives and gives and gives and we take and we take and we take. She's a saint. She, she never complains. Mm -hmm. She just loves giving. And she, when I had children, just my first two, I remember thinking, what the fuck? This is not easy. <laughs> Wait. I, this and is she a had five more. I was trying my best not to lose my shit. And I remember thinking, how did she do it? I've been seeing lately that people are starting to really appreciate people's authenticity and vulnerability yeah. and rawness. And sharing their stories. And, and sharing their stories. Right. Because, I mean, I think it makes us human. It connects us. Like, oh, you've been there too. Okay. Well, that makes me feel better that you've been there too. That's why we are put on earth together is to support and help each other. And if we don't share those things, then we will feel so alone and trapped. Right. Because I was thinking I'm the only one who's not able to not lose my shit. With, and I didn't want the world to see. So I did the best I could to compose myself, to post those happy moments on Facebook, you know, to be that together mother. Well, all along and inside, I was like completely lost and afraid. And I, I didn't want my kids to see me ever lose it. So anytime that I was really upset, I was hiding those tears. You know, I was trying to pretend that I had it together when all along I was spiraling out of control. So I just was faking it. I mean, that was really naive to think that their little eyes who had been watching me their entire lives couldn't see that I was stressed. They can tell something's off with my energy, mm -hmm. but yet I'm telling them, I'm all good. It's all good. I'm good. So you're Mommy's teaching good. them to fake it. Right. And I'm also teaching them to not express emotions. I'm teaching them that, right, that I don't feel. I'm, I'm not communicating with them because I'm holding it all in. I'm isolating. I think that you have to find a, a balance. And yeah. when I say that, I was the opposite. I was being too vulnerable, like saying too much that wasn't appropriate for their age. I'm very raw. I, I cannot hide my feelings. I cannot hide my stress and I cannot hide my emotions. Well, then there you go. You have to have a balance. Yeah, but see, that's also good between you and I. And that's why Mandy and I are definitely um, friend soulmates because... Where she is strong, I am weak. Where I am weak, she is strong. So it's like I could tell her, no, 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 Mandy, don't, don't say that. And she could tell me, Shannon, you need to say that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we, we need those kind of friends, Absolutely. right? But let me give you a scenario here. So here is the reality: take a middle school age child that's experiencing 
their own journey, their own challenges, their own stresses. Okay, so they will have maybe stresses with friends socially. They're going to have stresses in school and sports and maybe at home. So how are they to handle their stress? Well, they're going to look at you and do what you do. If they sense that, well, dad never cries, right? Well, dad never talks about his emotions or and every time I cry, you know, he tells me that I shouldn't cry. Then you got mom. Mom seems very busy. You know, she's always pretending to be happy, even though I heard her crying to sleep last night mm. or in the bathroom. Well, I heard them fighting outside, but when they came back in the house, they seemed happy and they said everything's okay, but they didn't talk the rest of the night. And I just decided to go in my room, scroll through Facebook, imagine, oh, what it's like to be in that perfect family right there on Facebook. They look so happy, you know. Well, I don't want to bother my parents. I'll just play Fortnite for the rest of the night and escape all this. And I'd rather be in this Fortnite life than be in this fake world. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are we? What are we doing? I mean, I've been there. Believe me, this is why I know. Because, you know, now with awakened eyes, I see that you really do have to expose them to your authentic self, like Mandy said, you have to be honest. You have to share with them that you have stress, that you're freaking human and that life is hard and demonstrate how you handle your stress. So that way they'll know and tell them that you've made past mistakes and then explain to them what you learned from those mistakes. All the sufferings and hard times that we go through, they make us stronger and wiser. That's what you need to be telling them. Not like I've never had, I've never you know, I, when I was little, I didn't do that or we didn't do those things. No, I mean that we need to stop. So would that. it be appropriate to say to a child, your father and I are having a disagreement and we're going to s step away from each other and detach for the night to process our emotions? Because instead of them just seeing the two of you come in and not talk for the rest of the night and pretend everything's fine, instead of them standing there if they say something to you, would that be appropriate? Would that be authentic? Because then it yeah. gives them a place of knowing that, you know what? Our parents fight and it's okay. And they're going to detach from each other for the night and process right. their emotions. And right. it's okay. Yeah. And you're teaching them how to handle relationships and right. marriage. And you're not and you're doing being this, honest. And you're being honest. And here's the thing. They're in the same house as you. We think they don't know. They know. Yeah. They're smart. They're so much smarter than right. we give them credit. You, If you ignore it... That's teaching them nothing. Mm -hmm. If you include them and at least explain to them, because mm -hmm. they are human beings, they are in your home, they're not an animal, mm -hmm. you know, they have thoughts, they have things that are going on in their head, and they will make up their own scenario in their head, yep. rather than you just being honest and telling them. Yeah. You don't have to tell them the details no. of your argument. No, right? no, because yeah. that's your boundary you make right. with them. Right. Right. And what's great is showing them, showing your children that it's okay, that we all feel this way. So that way, when they feel something, they're going to be okay to come and talk to you about it. Yeah, mom, you know what? You know how that one time you said that you were, you were feeling so down that you felt like you just needed to sleep. Mm -hmm. Like I feel that way right now. Yeah. Yeah. In 2013, when I landed in ICU in a nine day coma, I 100% believe it was because I was not processing my feelings. I had no stress management. I was not mindful. I was not present. 
I was ignoring my feelings and what was going on. And I was filling my life up with busyness. And I was keeping my house clean and looking pretty physically. And if I would have had a glass house, people would have saw just how stressed out I was. And I got very ill because I was not implementing any of these things. I was so sick. I wasn't breathing. The doctors even told me that I had built up emotions that I was holding in my lungs and that I needed to cry, that crying is important. And you know what? It's important to cry in front of your children sometimes too. They need to see that it's okay. So yesterday I had a client tell me something that they had read in in an article. It said that they tested tears and found that the chemicals that were in tears of joy were different than tears of sadness no and fear. No way. Yeah. I would love to read that article. Me too. We are going to have to find it. Yeah. Because that was amazing to me. Yeah. Well, God gave us tear ducts for a reason, right? It's amazing. It's important to teach our children and our, especially our boys. It's okay, okay to let it cry. out. In fact, do. Because if you don't, you're going to end up getting sick. Exactly. Kids have gotten really good at hiding their feelings and their symptoms of stress and depression from us. So, but don't wait for these signs anyways. Like you have to start having open, honest conversations with them now. Like be preventative. Our listeners might be like rolling their eyes right now. Like, are you kidding? If I tried to sit my kid down at a table right now and talk to them, they would shut me down and they wouldn't listen. And you know what? You have to... Find the way. Get Rel- be relatable. Re- yeah, get creative with how you do it. Don't make it feel like you're sitting down drilling them or like Amber talked about in part one. Find a narrative to talk to them through. I had to see a therapist and sit down and have her teach me and my husband how to communicate again. And guess what? It's freaking okay to ask for help. Right. And don't communicate always through the phone, especially if it's important. Look at your child in the eye when you tell them you love them. Maybe mm-hmm. not just a text. Love it. It's a lot more meaningful. While most relationships nowadays is over the phone, we definitely have to talk about social media. Yeah. <laughs> Teach your child to regulate their own time on social media and screen time. Yeah, because we're not here to pretend that we can say, Tell, take the social media away from your kids right. or yourselves. And it has... You know, it's positive aspects too. However, when I was talking to my kids about social media last week, a lot of them shared and admitted that they have FOMO. I was like, excuse me, what? What is FOMO? FOMO. I feel like that's like a really weird bad haircut. Well, I was like, well, I know what MOFO is, but what is FOMO? (laughs) The fear of missing out, if you didn't know what it was, like, like I didn't. Or me. But I do know what fear of missing out is. I have fear of missing out sometimes. I mean, this can look like, oh, I don't own a house by the time I'm 40, or I really wish I had that new car. I missed my opportunity to have some big career. Right. Something like that. These kids are dealing with FOMO all day. FOMO addicts? Yeah. (laughs) My oldest daughter, she decided to do a 21-day no social media. Oh my gosh. This girl is, I mean, she looks different. Mm -hmm. She has, she's been working out because she's, like, trying to fill her time. So mm-hmm. she's doing stuff like working out, hiking. Didn't you say even her anxiety has gone down? Her anxiety has gone down so much. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. And guess what? 
it's spreading. Oh, I love it. Her friends at work are doing it. Her so friends. the solution started with her. Yeah, it was really funny too. Friends of hers were showing up at work like, are you okay? Because they didn't know where she went. Oh, you mean because her location was shut off? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's where a lot of that FOMO that's is coming psycho. from is on Snapchat. They can see where each other's location is. And if someone shuts off the location, they start panicking. panicking. Or they see that five of their friends are going to the mountains and they weren't invited because they can see their location okay. and then they get depressed. Does that not sound a little psycho? Well, to me, that's stalking. Plan. How many times can you take a picture of yourself in one day? Well, so a lot of their validations as humans come from social media and their relationships. So an example that I have is I know a couple people who are teenagers who, if their boyfriends don't post pictures of them or talk about them, then they think that he's cheating. Well, what is that one thing they have on Snapchat where you have like a record of like, going back and forth or something. Oh, you mean, um, oh my God, we're going to sound so old right yeah, now. No, we are so old, but uh, whatever it is, it's like, are Streaks. you- Streaks. Your streak? Who cares? They, okay. You let can me... break up. You will break up over shit like this. Yes. Okay. So let me tell you this. I had a bunch of teenagers knowing that we were doing this send me screenshots of their screen time on their phones because your phone has that and well mine doesn't because i'm an older phone but yeah. it'll show you under settings you can go their screen time it's awesome and i had parents too but i will say on average these teenagers were spending about 48 to 60 hours a week on their phones taking pictures of themselves and most of them was this is how it went it went snapchat instagram TikTok. So that was what was coming from what and I, I know collected. That parents are just as bad. Oh, are you kidding? I was so addicted at one point. Right. And I mean, what can you do? I mean, I know um, you can turn off your notifications. That'll help you kind of manage your time a little bit better. You can, like I took the Facebook app off of my phone, the app. So every time I go on it, I have to Go through my browser and log on. Oh, I would never go on because I would always forget my password. <laughs> I, well, yeah. So those things actually helped me. Probably my time was like maybe a quarter of what it was before. Well, and I downloaded a really cool app called Moments since I don't have a newer phone to track my screen time. And it tells me exactly what how many times I picked up my phone. It tells me how many minutes cool. I've been on it, and then it categorizes it like entertainment, social media, you know, Safari. And that's what the, I think the screen time does that as well on the Apple phones anyways. It's getting out of control, and I do not think that it's ironic that the bone spurs that they're growing in the back of their heads... Oh my God, it's so crazy. ...is like devil horns. Because our necks are always down looking at our phones... Not only that, when you think about having to go to sleep at night, that's a blue light. And so it, it actually will keep you up. So it's really hard for our kids if they're having issues with sleep, if they're still looking at their phone at night. What would be a suggestion? Like to plug it in in another room or to put also uh, what stone is good for that? The black tourmaline? Oh, yeah, but be careful with that one because the only few times that I slept with tourmaline under my pillow, I think I woke up at like 10 or 11. Wow. Yeah, but I do sleep with stones next to my bed. Yeah. One of the things I thought was very interesting when I was researching some information about social media, 
is that the symptoms of social media were almost identical to the signs of depression. When I was reading some of these symptoms to my children, they said they had every single one of them. The symptoms of social media, you had problems sleeping, that you had stress and anxiety, you had FOMO, you had self-esteem issues. Lack of focus. What stress management tools can help kids? Because there's going to be stress no matter what. So what healthy ways can we teach our children to de-stress? So the most important thing is to teach them to self-regulate this okay. time. So how would you teach that? By oh. doing it yourself. So teach them healthy ways to de-stress, like stillness, exercise, good sleep, connecting with nature, activities. Journaling. A great tool. Um, talk therapy. I've had my children come up to me and say, Mom, I need to talk to somebody. All right, put them in the car right then and there and took them. Good for you. Talk therapy is important. That's and if awesome. a child if a child is willing to come up to you and ask for help, by God, give it to them. Don't don't think that they're being dramatic. Don't assume that they're gonna be okay. Mm, that's huge. If your child is depressed or suicidal, don't fuck around. Go get professional help right away. If you are worried that you are having thoughts of suicide, I do want to just throw out the number. The National Suicide Hotline is one 800 273 talk. I think it's important to just say this. The world has changed. We have to understand that it's not the same as it was when we were children. We have to change with it. That change is, needs to come from within each one of us. And just like her daughter, her daughter changed and it's spreading. Yes. We It starts within and then it spreads. Right. And don't be hard on yourself because parents and kids can be so hard on themselves. Remember, progress, not perfection. If you find yourself slipping back into old patterns, not being authentic, not sitting down with your child, being busy, it's okay. Just have awareness around it and shift right back into the solution and from within. So another good one you can use is an acronym STOP, but it's S, stop a second, pause basically, T, take three deep breaths, O, observe, tune in to your senses. P is proceed, so just carry on now with more awareness. It's time for break that shit down. So this is your back to soul list, okay? Be present, have self-love, self-regulation, communication, connect, accept, educate, and use some stress management. Love it. So let's end with a little Q&A. What has been your greatest challenge in college so far? I think the biggest challenge that I've found is you're done with high school at age 18 and they expect you by 18, 19, 20 years old to know what career you want to pursue. And that's scary because you don't, you feel like if you choose the wrong thing, you might be stuck in a position where you have to have this job or this career for your whole life. They expect you to know, you know, what you, what you, you have like a 40 year game plan. Thanks so much for your honesty. And thank you listeners for being with us for this back to soul episode. So next week, we will be talking about what happens when you start to implement presence and awareness in your life, when you quiet that ego through mindfulness and meditation and self-love, 
your vibes start to rise and yeah and your spiritual gifts start to surface as you begin to take those first steps towards your purpose and how spirit god and the universe will show support and guidance through throughout our journey validating that you're headed in the right direction this is shown through signs symbols and synchronicity as you explore each path that awakens you to your sense of soul I cannot wait for next week. Thank you for joining us for part two of Back to Soul. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you guys so much. Thanks so much for listening.